Welcome to Make Out With Him, a crushes, dating, friendship and kissing podcast hosted by love amateurs Lex Croucher and Rosanna Holtz-Rojas. We are here to give you bad advice whether you want to make out with him, her, them, everybody or nobody. This is a podcast in progress and we'll have guests in the future who want people like us. You can send your questions to makeoutwithhim at gmail.com. <laughs> Sorry, I was like, where am I? What is this? You can also use the hashtag makeoutwithhim on Twitter or tweet at makeoutwithhim. And if possible, please include pronouns and the name you'd like us to call you or just anonymous or Elvis Presley. Or Rosianna will sign you a name and it will be of the caliber of Elvis Presley. That's the kind of fake name that you're signing up for if you give us no name. Yes, that's that's right you're too it's too early in the morning for you to defend yourself um it is actually whereas for me it's 1 p.m and i'm feeling good i how how am i i'm well what have i done lately what's going on in my life just gonna completely ignore the election that we had oh right (laughs) although can i just say that by the time people listen to this things will have changed again but last time we were recording we were talking about how we just didn't know how the election was gonna go and how our previous episode would be going up like after the election and we were just kind of like oh god it's gonna be bad oh god and now i feel like people will listen to that and be like "Hmm, well interesting (laughs) yeah i don't know like at least for me personally it wasn't like the kind of desperate horrible wipeout dread yeah it's one of those things where the outcome is not necessarily a good thing but there are some good parts of the outcome like it gives me hope that like more young people are engaged it gives me hope that um we're not a nation of tories who don't care about people in vulnerable positions it uh gives me hope for a less hard brexit it yeah it just it says a lot about the labor party and the fact that we all thought the labor party were but it was you know it was coming across as really divided and um depleted and not in a strong position when obviously that's you know very clearly not true based on how the election happened so yeah yeah i have to say election i was really i mean as much as i was kind of stressed and tired it was really fun seeing a lot of mps win both in labor and in um in the liberal democrats who i was like every time the mp's name was called i was like oh yeah i really like this person yeah and yeah i really like that person too and i really respect what they did on this issue and what they did on that issue and it was just kind of like it's like oh yeah there are all these politicians who are working really hard who i absolutely adore and really trust yeah and it also it just kind of like pulled a bit of the cynic out of me i think Mm. which was nice i think also it was a huge testament to the fact that like as much as we think social media is a bubble um mainstream media is also a bubble like they were so separate from what was happening online that you know nobody predicted what could have happened and it was actually quite funny to watch like the front page of the sun the day before be like vote tory to immediately being like may and chaos the next day and it was like oh so yeah those head like that newspaper day i i may have acquired a stream of sub-legal uh, factors to just watch them do the newspapers because <laughs> yeah. they were all like me is a disaster all of this stuff yeah and i, like, yes, and I felt very anyway, apologies vindicated. apologies to the conservative voters in, among our listenership i don't mean to isolate you but i, I do it, you know where we stand <laughs> what i was gonna say is that i've been going swimming which is nice Oh, yeah. I've become a water baby you, again. You, you're like a secret little swimmy swimmer. Yeah, because I feel like I took swimming lessons for a while when I was a kid. And I always 
enjoyed it. And now every time I go swimming, I can just go straight back into it. It's the one sport where I can just like jump in a pool, swim for like an hour and get out again and not be like yeah. destroyed. Freaking love swimming. And we went swimming in the sea when we were in Corfu. And yeah. I was like, damn, I really need to get my swim on. So now I am swimming like well, I say three times Great. a week. I, you know, three times this week. That doesn't mean it's going to be three times a week generally, <laughs> but we can only hope. A week with a week specified being this week. Yeah, exactly. So, fingers crossed, everybody. Gotta get those good swimming makes swimming me so legs. happy. I don't even know what swimming does to your body, but it just feels good. It just, it makes you so swole. It makes you a beautiful, muscular mermaid. Yes, we have an, a, a pool in our apartment complex. Um, and I say our, the royal we, uh, and it's just so nice, and it's just like, I just chill, I read by the pool, and then I read in the pool, and then I float around the pool, and all the, like, cool college kids are like, what the fuck is she doing? (laughs) And then I get out, and I dry off, and then I go back in the pool, it's great. Why do you even ever need to go on holiday when you live, like, what's the temperature gonna be there today? 31 degrees. 31 degrees, and you have a pool, like, I, the only reason I go on holiday is to be, that's not true, but basically the main reasons I go on holiday to be in 31 degree heat and read by a pool, so you could just save money by never going anywhere. Sounds ideal. Yeah, but that wouldn't be as fun, and I wouldn't have my girls. Your girls! Also, there'd be no beach, and I really like swimming in the sea. Yeah, that's true, you need to relocate somewhere with a beach. We all do. Yeah, what are we thinking? I don't know. Let's all move. Let's answer some questions. To Brighton we go. <laughs> the YouTuber track of life. This is the thing, like, anyway, I did... Oh, I, yeah, that answers the question. <laughs> I was going to say, I was always like, ah, oh, YouTubers in Brighton. And I've been to Brighton a few times. And I was like, yeah, sure, it's nice, whatever. But then I went recently and I was like, God, I could really live here. And the rent is, like, affordable yeah. compared to London. And I was like, damn, now I understand why all the YouTubers are here. To spread out that well, YouTube wealth you- a little further. Because when you went, I was like, oh, God, because I had looked at the rent a little while ago, and I was like, oh, this is too expensive, but maybe it's, like, parallel to my expectations of what London rent are as well now, because London rent is so prohibitive. Well, Um, it's like... And it's really, you're right, it's not not bad at all. If, I mean, for comparison, a one-bed flat in, like, a beautiful... Um, tall old townhouse building in London is you know like per month is going to be like one and a half grand for like that one bed at least in a, yeah. yeah in a beautiful yeah. building and in the beautiful buildings in like the Hove end of Brighton you can get a really nice like high ceilings big bay windows like one bed flat yeah. for like 750 a month and I'm like what what? Why isn't everyone and, like, doing Hastings this? And as well and um, Whitstable like all these places I mean there's plenty of places like plenty of places where rent is nowhere near that high and that amount of rent is like crazy and some people listening to this will be like what are you saying why would you live in london (laughs) and that's a good question i mean mostly because the jobs and all my friends and lots of things are here um but yeah the rent is too damn high madness anyway questions our first question is from angelina johnson (laughs) sure it is angelina johnson says hey gals i'm wondering if you have any opinions on this I'm sure you'll understand when I say that I don't want to date someone who isn't completely woke, for lack of a better word. Awareness of social inequality, or better yet, active campaigning to combat such inequality, is something that's really important to me and a partner, and also something I find really hot. The only thing is, obviously everyone's on different levels of wokeness, and lately I've been reconsidering whether I should have such high standards in regard to this. If I met myself from two years ago, I'd think she was hella ignorant, but clearly I was open-minded and willing to learn. 
I don't know whether I'm being too uptight and judgmental or whether I'm right in thinking that I shouldn't have to settle for someone who doesn't value what is a huge part of my life. So do you think I should stop being so ready to pass on people as soon as I see they're not a flaming social justice warrior? And if so, where should I draw that precarious line? Or should I continue upholding these super high standards and just go seek out the angriest activists I can find? So many questions. Help. Thanks. Angelina. Hello, it's me, Lex from the future, listening to this podcast back before it goes up. I just wanted to cut in here to say that although we've kind of discussed this before, we did not do a good job of acknowledging our privilege in this situation and when we were having this conversation. Obviously for us, it's a choice whether or not we date someone who's socially aware when it comes to some issues where it's not a choice for other people. Um, We were kind of talking more about politics here, but yeah, I just wanted to put that out there and acknowledge that we didn't do a good job of talking about that here. Anyway, back to the podcast. It's so weird because when I was a teenager, I definitely, like, this kind of thing wasn't front of mind for me. And obviously, like, my own kind of knowledge about things was developing. Um, And now I look back at some of the ex-boyfriends I, like, have when I was, like, a younger teen. And I'm like, good God, what? Like, (laughs) I didn't know they held these, like not ideal beliefs there's like the a guy who i was in like a serious relationship with when i was a a a young a young frolicking teen when i was a young warthog i dated a guy who like in the past couple of years i saw on twitter he said something about how he hates feminism (laughs) and i'm like "Uh uh-huh shame that one didn't work out and i also like when i was more aware of these things dated a guy who just seemed kind of faintly bemused and puzzled by all the things I said. Like he was, you know, in theory on board with things, but just clearly had never really had these conversations with friends and stuff like that. So like we we came out of watching a film and I was like, man, I wish there had been like, it was Django Unchained. And I was like, I wish that <laughs> women had like been in that film in a way that wasn't just like as a prop. Not and he was a like, film for women. no. And he was like, what, what do you mean? I was like, mm. <laughs> he was like, do all films need to have like female characters in them? I was like, huh, let's unpack that. And it was really funny because he just, he did, wasn't angry. He wasn't defensive. He was just like, I'm so confused. Why would you want women to be in the film? I was like, okay, this is, um, let's talk about this. So yeah, wow. I mean, I don't know. There's different levels of like, some people are really defensive and you know hate the idea of being told that they have privilege and stuff like that and that i cannot imagine like i can't imagine being in that situation i think like people who are really willing to learn um i mean it's not your job to educate people but like if that's what you want to do um that can be okay but then i i don't know if this just proves how narrow-minded i'm just a narrow-minded lefty person happy in my little bubble but i couldn't like, I have a friend who's dating a Tory. I could not date a Tory right now. Um, I just feel like <laughs> our core beliefs are too incompatible. Like, you know, I don't think that disabled people should have cuts to the point of dying. Things like that. Um, and I just, yeah, there's just things that I find so important to me that I wouldn't be able to compromise on. And I also think, sorry, I'm just literally monologuing right now. I also think it's worth saying Go that there it. are loads of people who will feel the same way as you because, yeah, like you're not alone there's plenty of people who are on that same level as you so if you want to hold out for someone who's like beliefs are compatible with you then i think there's anything wrong with that rosiana you talk now (laughs) um well uh, the other thing i was going to say is that like 
like the example you gave with the boyfriend who you looked up and you were like, and he said something about feminism. It kind of goes to show also how much people are kind of growing into their beliefs and standpoints from when you meet them and now, like the things that they choose to put up front and centre about themselves. Um, also, I think are sometimes an indication of like where they've landed, at least for now. But the other thing I will say is that like Blaine, Blaine's, <laughs> Blaine's brains are really plastic and they continue to be plastic um, throughout much of your life. So people can learn and use They're plastic? And plastic? Plastic. Not, el- not plastic. like elastic, but plastic? Plastic. Why are they... I think they call them... Uh, brains. Plastic. Brains are made of plastic? Yeah, plasticity. I'm so confused. Plasticity. That's what it's called. Neuroplasticity. Oh, it's a real thing. Yeah. I thought you were just like, brains are stretchy. But I thought you were saying plastic. And I was like, plastic yeah. isn't that stretchy, Rosie <laughs> No, because then I'd be like, brains are Lance Armstrong. You can pull them any way you want. That would have been in lots of different directions. Pretty good. Sorry, um, Lance Armstrong. No, what was Stretch that? Stretch Armstrong. That Stretch Armstrong. <laughs> this took oh a God, turn. Not my final Very much took a turn. Um, back to what you were saying. <laughs> Sorry, I interrupted. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just going on on my own caveat. Um, anyway, so yeah, so the plasticity of the brain means that like no one has. Like, that's the part where I feel most hopeful. No one's concepts are set for life kind of thing. Like, it, it, there is an element of growth possible and change possible. And also that, you know, your views might change and grow together as well. Um, like, I definitely don't think, while my brain is pretty settled, I think on many concepts there are lots of things that I'm still growing and learning about and adjusting to and so on. So there is an element of looking for openness while also having the things, like, what are the, I hate the word values, but what are the, like, basic things that they're pretty certain about and that they practice, whether that's just, like, basic respect for human beings. So no um, Tories, then. to, like, specific things that you find important. So it's, like, yeah, so the things that, like, they're open to thinking about and discussing and so on, while also having these basic things, maybe the balance there might help you find someone. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's a hard one though, because it's like at the moment we're living in this culture where the news and like society and the divisions that we're facing take up so much of our energy that it's kind of hard to be like not <laughs> with the people who don't like align with you on that stuff because it's so exhausting to have to constantly be pushing back, pushing back, pushing back and making all these cases, let alone be doing that within your relationship. Yeah, this and is... especially when it feels like something very personal. Yeah, I this is I was just gonna say, like, I obviously keep making jokes about how much I hate Tories on this podcast and in life. Um and it's one of those things where like obviously it sucks when we're a divided society, but I honestly cannot see a way for me to reconcile myself with things that I believe to be like morally reprehensible. And yeah, I, yeah, I don't know to what extent I should be trying to chill and be more open-minded about things when to me, there are some lines that I draw and like, you know, for example, the conservative party for me crosses like the majority of those lines so I don't know yeah I don't know I don't know how I don't know if I should be changing I don't know how to change but I mean it's it's so hard because politics now has become so 
woven with identity in every respect, like in what's being legislated and the positions people are holding, but also in terms of like who you are as a person. Mm. Um, there is that kind of like, I mean, the worst examples of it are like real tribalism in some ways, but like in, in the best case, it's it's kind of advocating for how you want people to talk about other people and communities of people. And I don't know, I feel like I'm like slightly, I'm slightly more... I wouldn't even say sympathetic. I'm slightly more open to the possibility about that stuff because my parents used to vote Tory and voted Tory a long time. So kind of my starting point is like, well, they're not all terrible people. Good people can vote Tory. And that's kind of been a good starting place. It had to be like a really focused thing. And not to say that you don't think also good people can vote Tory necessarily. I think confused, I think good and confused people can vote Tory. I think... (laughs) I think, I just, I don't know, I can't, like, obviously the Conservative Party has changed over time, but I cannot right now imagine somebody who fully understands the impact of Tory policy on, like, this country's most vulnerable people. Like, I can't fathom, like, a person who fully gets that still voting Tory, because the only way that you can then kind of reconcile yourself with with that is that they understand completely what it's going to do to everybody else but they just yeah. put themselves first and their family first and like their specific situation first and I don't I don't get I think it it's, I think it's a different thing I think it's like for I remember for my parents my dad especially it was always like if we have like I be- that he would say things like I believe a conservative party economy will be a stronger economy and that will benefit everyone more in the long run if our country's more robust but we've seen with like distribution inequality and so on like that's just frankly not the it's case just not and that's true. just trickle down economics yeah yeah it's just not true but like that was his kind of way of thinking that was very established yeah. and that was the same to be honest with like most of the people i met in university they're like well for to have a functioning country in the first place we need this thing but that's just not it just yeah, I don't know. <laughs> we have a very well-functioning country if we have a very well-functioning caste system, um, if we have good education that improves the functioning of our country. Like, it's not this just algorithmic thing. It's what involves real people. Yeah. That's where, that's where I get frustrated as well. Yeah, it's a very frustrating... Uh, welcome to our sexy politics podcast, by the way, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> um, I... Uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, I was going to go into more ranting, but I'm not going to. Basically, in response to Angelina Johnson, I think, I think one of the things is that, uh, you might find yourself, um, meeting people who, like, I know lots of people who have always thought like, oh, I could never date this kind of person or, you know, I have to be a person that I'm with has to believe this, but you do find yourself like falling for people and then finding that compromise um and it's more about like how they handle how both of you handle i guess having different beliefs that's more important than like you know how different your beliefs are but yeah i think some of it's compromise but um so there are some things that you shouldn't have to compromise on so i personally don't really compromise on my beliefs but i'm young and pig-headed and foolish and a Gryffindor. So, I don't know. Ditto. (laughs) Our next question comes from Erin, who says, 
Hello, Lex and Rosianna. Thank you for such an awesome podcast. No worries, Erin. Whatevs, man. We're just so happy to be doing this. Anyway, um, I live in rural Australia. My real life friends live really, really far away and I want to make more friends online. I spend a lot of time online anyway, so let's make some friends. How do I actually find friends online? Where do I go to find like-minded people? And how do I approach people online without looking like a crazy person? Thanks for the advice, Erin from Australia. The first thing you should do, Erin, is make friends with some kangaroos. Kangaroos, very good friends. Always up to go out. Wait, wait, wait. Can't kangaroos, like, kill you with one kick? Yes. But so can I. No, you can't. (laughs) Okay, I have watched Wonder Woman, and I also used to play Street Fighter a lot as a child, and I took self-defense class. So really... You could kill someone. You could kill someone with one kick if they were at the top of a very tall building, and your one kick kicked them over the edge of that building. I will concede to that, and nothing Ye else. Of little faith. I mean, okay, fine. Next time I see you, why don't you try and kill me with one kick, and we'll see how it goes. And I will happily put some money on it because I'm gonna live through that. I'm gonna sure. live to see my. I'm gonna reap my rewards. And I'm gonna show you every single thing I learned from Hillary Swank in the next Karate Kid. Right. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know, man. It's, uh, you've got these kangaroos everywhere. Don't make friends with the spiders because they're acromantula and they have, like, a dark history. But whatever, you do you. Um, <laughs> you should make friends with spiders. Because <laughs> that's what helps me be less afraid of them, is befriending them and giving them names and backstories. Oh, God, no, 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 no. Don't you think you'd be less scared of a spider if you were like, it's Agatha. She used to work in marketing no. and now she's just they're retired horrible. to the corner of my room. Agatha has? I mean, I don't have an Agatha right now, but like in theory, if I had an Agatha, I would call her Agatha oh. and I would give her a backstory and then oh. I wouldn't be afraid. Oh. Okay, never mind. That's not Have helping. I told why have I have I told them why I'm afraid of I don't think, I don't know if you've told yeah. the pod actually. Maybe you haven't. Um so maybe I should do it. Story time. Yeah, stop so, listening if you so can't deal I'm... with spiders at all. Like just stop listening for like I'm going to say 3 minutes. <laughs> 3 minutes which should do it. So when I was uh, doing my GCSEs, I was, what, like 15, 16, setting up all night revising, and one night I saw this like, really big spider about the size of my hand um, run across my room, and I was terrified, and I was like, ah, and I screamed, and then we got rid of it. Uh, we took it outside, actually, like friendly people. Um, anyway, this kept happening. Every time I was up, I'd see like three or four spiders, and then once I also saw them in the morning, and I was like, where are they coming from? So one day when I was at school... My mum did like a full examination of the house and she was cleaning and everything and she found a hole in my mattress (laughs) and inside that hole was a spider's nest. Oh God. And they'd all been in my mattress. I get... And then I was traumatised for life. I get... The end of the story. That's the end of the story. If you're trying to find the end of the story, the end of the story is... I literally get full body shivers every time you tell that story and then I like just stare at my bed and I'm like, "Mm, no thanks. (laughs) Agatha is not welcome in my home. Anyway, um, making friends. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Making friends online is, like, I don't know. I I find it fun. And, like, I think people, when they have kind of profiles online or, like, you know, you can see their timeline of tweets and you can see what, like, you can just see more of who they are as a person up front. Like... Yeah. You know, even the little things that people often put in their bios and say, like, their age and, like, you know, their Hogwarts house and, like, things they're interested in. Or if they have, like, a blog or anything what like that. What memes they like. Yeah, like, it's so... You can just kind of instantly get a, an idea of 
whether or not you and that person will have things to talk about and yeah i've made so many friendships online just through that kind of interaction like on twitter or mostly twitter really twitter's been like big for me for like making new connections um i (laughs) i just love that yeah like the slightest interaction can kind of you can just fall into a friendship with somebody so yeah i think getting involved with like conversations and hashtags and like just general discussions on twitter is really good um and you know being active about it i <laughs> late like i liked the tweet of the um comedian rob delaney recently he watched my video about jeremy corbyn and was like hey i liked your video and then like we just dm'd for a while and occasionally he just dms me and now i have formed a friendship with famous comedian rob delaney and like i'm not saying every interaction that you have is going to be like that but you'll make some friends that you won't expect you know you'll you also you also have a really great friend not to say that rob delaney is really great because he is um but but who uh who who is a supermodel? <laughs> She's not. I wouldn't call her a friend. Sorry if you're listening, Chrissy. Um, Chrissy Teigen, who is a supermodel, she hosts um, the Lip Sync Battle show, and she's also uh, she happens to also be married to John Legend. Um, she's really funny on Twitter. She's just hilarious, and she said she tweeted once saying like, "What's everyone wearing today?" And I replied just saying, "Bees." And she replied saying, cool, and then followed me on Twitter and has done for the past, like, four years. <laughs> and we we it's very great. occasionally interact. Um, I don't know if she just hasn't realized she's still following me. Regardless, uh, I, you know, that's one of my big claim to fame. And people get excited when they see that Barack Obama follows me, but I'm like, he followed back the first, like, 200,000 people yeah, he followed yeah, who followed him. So you just had to be one of the early, early Twitter adopters and have followed Barack Obama, like, back in the day, and he follows you. And then I DM'd him <laughs> when... You did? What did he say? Let me find it. Because <laughs> it was relatively recently. Um, it was when he wasn't our beautiful president anymore. And I was really sad about it. Uh, I DM'd him to say... I also like how you said our president. Our president. He was ours. The world's president. This current one is not the world's president. I DM'd Brack on January 27th, to say, Barack, <laughs> you're a gem. Thanks for everything. <laughs> and did he reply? He did not reply. It was late at night. I think oh, I'd had some man. drinks. I was like, maybe he'll respond eventually. No. Doesn't even say he's read it. Burned. But I live in hope. Burned by Barack. So basically, the answer is, make friends with Barack Obama. <laughs> Just tweet celebrities. Um... <laughs> The other thing I would say is get in a time machine and go back to like the year 2000, 2001 when forums were really hitting it off and like forums yeah. were much bigger even than they are now and then make friends with all those people and then on one, yeah, to make the questionable decision at some point to exchange your email addresses <laughs> and then become friends. Oh, happy times. Like when I used to be on role playing forums back in the day. I just... I wish I knew you then. Mm, everyone does. That was my coolest form. That was before I evolved into just yeah. a boring human who has a cat. Um, I, yeah, wow, my forum days were very formative. Did anybody else, I don't know if I've talked about this on the podcast before, but my proper introduction to the internet was a thing that was like cartoon dolls. And it was like, there was a website called mycartoondolls.com. 
I wonder if it still exists. Dolls! What is yeah, that? Yeah, my cartoon dolls. Um, you basically got these bases, which were like, essentially, like, it was like having paper dolls, but online. So the base was like a naked person, but they weren't actually naked. They had like no bodily features. Because I was like, you know, 11 doing this. And um, you put clothes on them and you put hair on them and makeup and stuff. And you just kind of drag and drop thing to create like your little avatar of yourself or your friends or whatever. And then it got more and more intense and like people started making these bases where you then went into paint or into Photoshop and like drew on all the clothes and hair and makeup and facial features and stuff. So you made your own dolls with a Z. And that was like my, yeah, my big introduction to the internet. And I um, wasn't very good at it and did all of mine in MS Paint because I did not have Photoshop. (laughs) But it was like, it's funny, it's kind of like a weird intro into like graphic design stuff because you're like, you know, designing all these things. Anyway, that's how I started being on the internet. And that was the like forums and chat rooms that I was in when I was like 12. The dolls ones. The dolls ones, yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to try and find if my cartoon dolls are still around. Oh, it's definitely not. Well, they have all these websites like Style Dolls that gather all the stuff. But I freaking love dolls. But I didn't know that there was like a doll specific community. I just used them in all my Britney Spears and Harry Potter films. <gasps> oh, I just found what I found packersdollmaker.com except I don't know how to make the dolls anymore it says this is the creation zone but when I try and drag the dolls there they don't stay oh it looks like the only options that you can have (laughs) the only things that you can do to make a doll they have all the heads of different dolls so like there's like hundreds of different options with like hairstyles mostly because their faces are all the same they just have like different skin tones and different haircuts and stuff and then you scroll down to get to where the bodies should be so that you can like you know create your doll and it's just headless horse women because <laughs> it's just like oh, it's just God. loads of different horses with different women's bodies on them so the only options you can do you can only make a woman on horseback on this doll maker never mind <laughs> oh no love it great <laughs> Good stuff. I'll put it on the Patreon. It's really good. We've given great advice. Join a doll making community. Next. How do you know if you like a person until you've dolled together? Friends who dolls together, roll together. Um, our next question comes from Anonymous, who says, Hey, wonderful people. My girlfriend and I would like to know what your favorite pancake toppings are. Not strictly a relationship question, but we're curious and in a relationship, so it almost fits the brief. We and our cats love your podcast. Pumpkins and penguins, Anonymous. <laughs> also, what do you have on toast? Oh, wow. Okay, wait. Um, I make... So, like, I don't eat a lot of pancakes because they're such a good food to, like, have out and about and, like, a good breakfast food, but they're not um, vegan, which I try to be most of the time. And I make my own, which are made of, like, bananas and peanut butter, and they have dark chocolate chips in them, and I have them with strawberries because, like, the melted dark chocolate with strawberries combo is extremely excellent but i also used to be very partial and this is really boring to just like a crepe with sugar and lemon like that's i just that's my that's my classic yeah it's such it's so good why try to improve on perfection yeah i have um i've been making a lot of buckwheat pancakes lately and these are more pancakes in the u.s sense of the word than they're more like hotcakes and anything um do they sell really fast Sorry? Do they sell really fast? I hate myself. Do they sell really fast? Like hotcakes, Rosiana. Do they sell like hotcakes? <laughs> Jesus. Oh, I'm sorry. It's so early for me still. 
can't appreciate um, my beautiful I just jokes. like them nowadays with like a little fruit on them. Just like a little little smash of fruit and then some honey. Just like keeping it real simple. I hate... But yeah, lemon and sugar. Or if I'm like near Nutella and feel like a rebel, I'll just have Nutella and strawberries and be living my best fucking life of all time. <gasps> Sorry, I... I I just remembered that in a previous podcast we asked people to send pictures of their animals listening to the podcast and yes people have sent did people do it yeah people have um sent like pictures of their dogs and someone has sent a picture of their dog listening to the bit in the podcast where I talk to dogs <gasps> where I do my dog voice wait now I have to look oh, it's so good there's a dog called Paco anyway I hate how boring you get as an adult with things like pancake toppings. Like, when you're a kid, you're like, put everything on it. It's like the ice cream factory at Pizza Hut. If you guys aren't from the UK, you might not know about the ice cream factory at Pizza Hut. But basically, it was, and probably still is, an unlimited ice cream thing where you go up and you get some beautiful vanilla soft serve kind of ice cream from a machine. And then you have all these different toppings you can put on, like, all the different sauces. And you can cover it in sweets and Smarties and just, like, chocolate and everything you've ever wanted. And now I just know that I'm such a boring adult that, like, I would be like, mm, a little bit of ice cream and maybe a little bit of chocolate sauce and a, and a handful of Smarties. Hey. Lovely. Everything in moderation. And it's so boring. Ugh. I completely forgot about the ice cream factory because that was, like, the site of every single birthday yeah. party I went to in year seven. Yeah. It was such a thing. Oh, um, it was great. In terms of what... But you're right. <laughs> I did that with Pinkberry too. I would like smush as much stuff on there as I used as I could. Mm. Now I can't. I just don't want all that stuff. No, on boring people. On toast, I have peanut butter a lot, and I used to have a lot of avocado on toast. But I have eaten so many avocados that I've made myself intolerant. So let that be a lesson it's like to the you. Saddest story I've I ever know. Heard. It's like when people like tell a one sentence horror story. I ate so many avocados I became intolerant. It's my one sentence horror story. I literally feel dread. <laughs> I it's so weird as well because for ages I just tried to deny it and just pretend it was something else, but then I was like, no, really, every time you eat like an avocado, it's like if I have a bit of guacamole, it's okay, but every time I eat a whole avocado or even half an avocado, a couple of hours later I'm like, ooh. My stomach hurts a lot. I am really struggling to get on with my day. And it's reached the point where, yeah, I had an avocado before going out for the day. Um, I think I was going for like a hike and I was just like, I have made a terrible mistake and ruined my day by eating mm-hmm. one avocado. So. That's so sad. I know. And I don't even know. I had like a whole thing of guacamole yesterday with two avocados Oh my in God. It. My dream. Sweet forbidden fruit. <laughs> <laughs> Does that make you uncomfortable? Yeah, a little bit. Um, yeah, avocado is definitely my favorite thing to have. Yeah, living that. Or peanut butter life. and honey. Peanut butter's good. Sometimes I like to have yeah, marmite, a cheeky marmite. Get that B twelve in me. Oh, cheeky mom. Cheeky moms. And I was saying the other day, I only ever have jam when I'm on holiday. It's very exciting for me to have a bit of jam. Yeah, sometimes like around winter, I get really jammy. I like because I don't have butter that much, but sometimes in winter, I'm like, I want to have some butter and honey on toast nice and then i'm like why rosanna calm the fuck down i um yeah i i i found some good like dairy-free butters but nothing's just nothing's quite the same and it is one of the things that i really miss and i always used to eat um 
English muffins, like toasted English muffins with butter, and that on its own is just like incredible, just so good. And now, yeah, like I'm a good hungry. crumpet with butter oh. and like a tiny bit of jam. Anyway, that we've that that was an easy question to answer. I can't get that one wrong. That's just yep. Do you ever worry that people are gonna like go out into the world and like act on our advice? <laughs> Um, yeah, because I'm a bit concerned about the kangaroos question. <laughs> There's so many times where I'm like, God, what if someone's like, yeah, those people in the podcast, their disembodied voices sounded like they got it right. And then they go out and do that thing based on what we said. And I'm like, oh, God. Uh. And they kill Yeah, people. they kill everyone yeah. by making out with someone. Um, all right. Next question. Hi, Alex and Rosiana. I have a quick question about period sex. I really enjoy having sex on my period and I've tried it with my significant other a couple of times. I could tell that he wasn't as excited about it though and eventually he confessed that he's a little grossed out by it and would rather not have sex with me while I'm menstruating. I obviously never want to pressure him into having sex, that would be horrible, but his reaction does make me feel kind of bad about myself and my body when I'm on my period. Sometimes he initiates sex and then I tell him I'm on my period and he immediately stops all sexy things. Any suggestions for how to make this workable for us? Love the podcast and hope you're both well, Elizabeth. Oh, that's so tricky because it is... Hard. You're working up against it's out. It's definitely hard against a wall. It's so Ow. tricky. You're just gonna really punch hurt. a wall. I just have a lot of feelings about the way society treats women on their periods. Okay, it's tricky because you're right. Like you don't, you definitely don't want to pressure him into doing anything he doesn't want to do. But it's also hard to be like, hey, this is my body that you're being really grossed out by, and you know, it seems like it's not something that you're completely against. Um, so I definitely think communication really important here. One way that you could maybe revisit is sex in all the ways that don't necessarily involve your vulva, um, or at least your vagina specifically. Well, this is the thing, though. She says bad advice. Well, she said... But, like... Yeah. Because it seems like he says he immediately stops all sexy things. Yeah. So I think one way to start making it workable would be to have a conversation about, like, okay, I know you're not into it, you'd rather not have sex when I'm menstruating, is there a way we can do other things that aren't specifically, like, yeah, penis and vagina sex? Yeah. I think um, I personally, like, I'm not necessarily into the idea of it because I'm quite a squeamish person and I don't really like mess. <laughs> um, so but that's just obviously, like, just my... Just towel down. Yeah, I know. That's just my own personal whatever. Um, I don't think there's anything wrong with it whatsoever. I just think that no, I, I just meant to like the the wider people who are, who might have been worried about mess. Oh right, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's true. You you know, there's ways of dealing with mess. Um, I think as well, like I, I, it's hard not to, but I really don't think you should see it as a a reflection of like yeah, like him being grossed out by you in any way. Even though obviously to you it feels yeah. that way because obviously your period is yours and it's part of you. I think. Um, a, it's all the, yeah, the social conditioning that, like, periods are gross and, you know, that just kind of revolved at the idea of periods. But B, it might not be that, really. It might literally just be a squeamishness thing because I personally struggle with blood and, like, I got an email from, like, the NHS Give Blood people the other day, to, like, to talk about promoting what they were doing like they wanted me to promote their stuff on twitter and youtube and stuff and i couldn't even read past the first line of the email and even talking about it now is making me want to throw up and i had to reply being like i'm so sorry i really want to help you but i literally couldn't read this email (laughs) because i'm so bad with blood and it's only been a recent development but i honestly cannot cope 
And yeah, like for lots of people, I know that period blood isn't, you know, always quite the same as, you know, bleeding from a wound, but you, you know, it can be quite a squeamish situation and it does involve blood. Um, I, I, yeah, I don't know. I think that could be part of it. And I just want to, yeah, I just kind of wanted to, from the perspective of people who um, maybe aren't into it for that reason. Yeah. I just wanted to kind of put that across so that you kind of maybe consider that as one of the reasons rather than it just being like periods are gross. Maybe it's just like blood is gross, which, you know, it's, (laughs) I wish I didn't feel that way because I, you you know, self-love, want to love my own blood, but really don't want to see it. Just don't want to see it generally. And I'm going to stop talking about this now and put my head between my legs. Good plan. I actually have put my head between my legs, just so you know. I've actually got it between my legs. Because there's such an education gap around periods, a lot of people I've spoken to who don't have periods don't understand that it's sometimes accompanied by like a, a, a uptick in sex drive. Yeah. Which sounds like it would be counterintuitive, but actually like that's often the case. So it's kind of, I feel like you also maybe, if that's part of it, also need to communicate that too. There's a lot of stuff that I consider like, of course, everyone knows this about periods, but at least in my school, the boys and girls were separated when they had the periods talks. And I have no idea what was said to the boys, but it does not seem to have been thorough enough. (laughs) Um, So they just don't, a lot of the time, just don't understand basic things about it. To be fair, though. How I feel and what I need and all sorts. And like, that's not to say manipulate your way into like him having sex with you or anything like that like obviously if he doesn't want to do it he doesn't want to do it but maybe this is also an opportunity to like chat honestly and openly about where your brain and your libido and your body is at um during this times if you haven't already which you might have done i was gonna say to be fair like we also weren't told about things like you might feel a bit horny during your period during those period talks oh i was i was told by that by our head of you were you really you got such a better talk yeah. than we did ours was just like blood comes out yeah, end of end of list that was the the primary school discussion was really basic but in secondary school uh, we had sex ed with our uh, our amazing head of year who was a biology teacher I think, thinking back, I think she was like 28 or 29. She was so embarrassed and she giggled all the way through. <laughs> um, but she did tell us like, and you might want to do this. And she couldn't find a banana for the condom demonstration. So she found um, a cucumber and she was nice. like, don't get too optimistic. It's not going to be like this. <laughs> I'm sure every, like, I'm sure we had that joke as well, which was about like, there was like a big banana. So lots of people, like we moved on from bananas to then having these model penises that were called Bob the Knob and Rick the Dick. And oh it was gosh. incredible. And loads of people, I think, had the same, like, those same model penises. Like, probably not the same ones, but, you know, like, I'm sure it's part of some kind of, like, sex ed starter pack that you get as a teacher. And... I kind of remember having... I just... I have fond memories of You stuck with Bob vegetables. The I bet you do, you dirty so-and-so. <laughs> The question, I think that it's a tricky situation and it might be that he's just not down to do it and that's completely fine. If that's his limit, then obviously that's just a thing that he has to be compromised on because, you know, everyone has things that are their limits and everyone has times when they don't want to have sex. Um, But yeah, just chat it through. And like Rosianna said, maybe you can just talk about doing other things um, if he does stop all sex-related activity as soon as he knows you're on your period, just be like, hey, let's do some other stuff. So, 
yeah, I hope that helps. Or think of it as a as a however many days you get your period for period of self love. <laughs> That's yeah. our show. I need to stop. I need to think of new things to say at the end of podcasts. Uh, you know what my mum used to say when uh, she finished reading our stories? What? Colorín colorado, este cuento se ha acabado. And that is how you finish the story. It's like it's like saying the end, but with a fun. What line. does it mean? I don't totally know. Well, the second part means the story has finished. But I don't know what Google it. Colorado in English. Where's it translated it to Persian? You know, just in case. That's not helpful. I can't pronounce that. Yeah, it doesn't seem to mean anything. <laughs> it's just nonsense. I don't know. If you know what Colorín Colorado means, let us know. Send it to us on Twitter at Make Out with Him. Right in. Yeah, tweet us at Make Out with Him and use the hashtag Make Out with Him and email us your questions to Make Out with Him. <laughs> that was a weird way of saying that. With him, Make Out with Him, with him. At, with him. at gmail.com. <laughs> um. So that's everything for today. Roll the outro. If you're in need